When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this special Christmas edition, a New York Times best-selling author and influential spiritual teacher explains why Jesus was likely not born on December 25th. He'll also reveal the actual date of Christ's birth. The reason why he would not have been born on December 25th is because, you know, if you go to Israel today, just as it was then, it is cold, it is, it is the coldest season, it is the winter, it is, it is rainy or snowing at times, daunting. Forget about a pregnant woman traveling, I mean, even traveling under the best circumstances, you know. And then the idea of the shepherds being out, I mean, the one season they're definitely not going to be out is going to be winter. If you want to support my work here at Strange Planet, please consider becoming an official donor. It's easy. Just go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several donation tiers to choose from, from a dollar per month to $50 a month. For the month of December, new donors at the 10, 20, and $50 per month tier receive a free mug from my strange planet shop. Donors in the $20 tier also have their names appear on a crawl during the YouTube live stream of my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show. And donors in the $50 tier receive a special on-air thank you on my radio program. Whatever you give, your support helps keep my radio program and this podcast going. Help me pursue the truth wherever it leads. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Thank you and God bless. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome and Merry Christmas, Kala Christuyana, and a Happy Hanukkah, wishing you all peace and good health and joy at this most important time of the year. Jonathan Kahn is known for his uncovering of ancient mysteries and revealing their often startling significance to our day and age, and he's standing by to reveal what he believes to be the actual date of Christ's birth. Most of us understand that Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. So if he wasn't born on the 25th of December, when was it and does it matter? Jonathan Kahn is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Harbinger. Jonathan leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey. And he's president of Hope of the World, an outreach to people throughout the world. He's also known for uncovering the deep mysteries of the Bible and has 2,000 teachings and messages uncovering the mysteries available at Hope of the World. Jonathan Kahn, how are you? 
Great, Richard. <laughs> great to talk to you. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. How do you feel about Christmas? I feel great about the birth of the Messiah. Uh, whenever the time is, any time one can celebrate it. So, yeah, you know, we'll talk about when, when, it, when we believe it happened, but... And listen, it's, you, can celebrate, you can celebrate the birth of Messiah, the coming into the world of the light anytime. So, Wonderful. Then a, a very Merry Christmas yeah. to you. So, you. So Jesus was not born on December 25th. I think most of us sort of understand that. But if not December 25th, then when? Yeah, well, the first thing is, you know, the, the first clue we have with this is the, is the, is the season. I mean, we, well, the reason why he would not have been born on December 25th is because, you know, if you go to Israel today, uh, just as it was then, it is cold, it is, it is the coldest season, it is the winter, it is, it is rainy or snowing at times. Right. It's daunting. Uh, forget about a pregnant woman traveling. I mean, even traveling under the best circumstances, you know. Um, and then the idea of the shepherds being out, I mean, they're, the one season they're definitely not going to be out. I mean, if any, is going to be winter out in their fields. So, and on top of that, the idea of the census, you know, the Romans uh, had planned the census to get money, you know, so the, the worst possible season to do this, they would just never do it in the winter. In fact, Jesus at one point when he's speaking about the end times, he says, he says, pray your flight not be in the winter because it just, you just, just could not travel then. So right, right. Really the winter is ruled out, you know. But then what do we have left? You know, you have uh, the autumn is also ruled out because because nine months before the nativity, Mary conceives and she makes a journey down across Israel to see her cousin Elizabeth, who's right. pregnant with which, who, the man who will be John the Baptist. That's right. So that, but that puts that in the winter. That puts another, you get another problem because, you know, again, then we have a, a journey which would be under the best circumstances, very hard for a young woman, but across Israel, but forget it on wintertime. So that's, that leaves us with the summer and the spring. And so we got, we have the summer. Um, and the summer, you know, you could travel, but uh, on the other hand, it is the working season. Um, the uh, well, as far as the, it's a season of the harvest. It's a season of when when everybody's in the field. Not the time you, the Romans would have a census because they're just not going to leave the field. Number one, and the other mystery in in with Jesus uh, or Yeshua is that all the greatest. Uh, events of the New Testament or the or the seminal events, they all happen on Hebrew holy days. You know, he uh, he comes into Palm, Palm Sunday. He comes into Israel. Well, that, well, that is uh, Nisan ten. That's the first Hebrew holy day that God gave the Jewish people. Then he dies on Passover, Nisan fourteen fifteen. That's the other Jewish holiday. Then he rises on the on uh, Nisan sixteen, which is the Hebrew feast of first fruits, as the first fruit. And then you have Pentecost. Even Pentecost is a Hebrew holy day called Shavuot. So every single thing, really, all the biggest events happen on the Hebrew holidays. So we would expect, you know, if his death does, that there'd be something significant about the birth linked to some Hebrew day, some special day. Well, the problem with the summer is you don't have any on top of it. So that kind of leaves us to one more season to start with. And what you got is, you, the only thing left is the spring. Now, there's, you have, with spring, all the, all the, uh, clues really fall into place because one, it would, nine months before the spring would be summer, you could travel. A time when a pregnant woman could be outside giving birth with her husband, yes, the spring works. And a time when shepherds are with their flock. In fact, you know, the times that shepherds are out in the field at night in Israel, 
would be one season of the year, which is the season when the lambs are born. And that the lambing season, well, the lambs are born in the spring. That's really the only time they would be out in the field watching for the birth of lambs. And, you know, kind of... You know, makes sense even, you know, theologically because, you know, Jesus comes in as the Lamb of God. Right, right. He is born in Bethlehem, the place of the lambs, where actually the temple lamb sacrifices were raised, particularly in Bethlehem. He's greeted by shepherds who are watching, who are the ones who greet the births of lambs. So, you know, the, the, it really narrows it down to March, or, well, actually, February at the earliest, then March, April, May, maybe, but March and April are the, are the key parts of that. And that, that brings us, that narrows it down even more to a, to a particular month in Israel, which is called Nisan. Now, Nisan literally means the beginning. I mean, so it's a, it's the month of the beginning. So it's a great, you know, here the birth, you know, it's going to be the beginning. It's the beginning of the age. Well, it's the perfect time. And note also, there's a, there's Hebrew traditions that that the great sages of Israel are born in Nisan and die in Nisan. And we know that Messiah, or Jesus, died in Nisan, and he dies as the Passover lamb. Well, one of the things that it's said about the Passover lamb is the Passover lamb is actually, you know, the actual lamb is a year old. It says one, a year old male without blemish. Well, that means that, that if the Passover lamb dies in Nisan and he's a, a one year old of the lamb itself, that means he has to be born in Nisan. I mean, it just makes right, sense. Right, right. In order to be a year old, right. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is there any... You know, is there any date on the Hebrew calendar that would be special? Because everything, you know, would be, be, have some significance that would be linked to this, and that it kind of has to fall in the right place. Because the, the other thing is, the prophetic mystery is that not only does Jesus, you know, fulfill all these things on the Hebrew holidays, but he does so in the order that they appear. In other words, you know, uh, Nisan 10 is first. So that, that's the day actually they brought the lamb to the to Jerusalem or to their houses on Passover. Well, that's Palm Sunday. Then he goes to the death and resurrection. Everything goes in order. So if his birth goes in order, it would have to be before, you know, Passover. It would have to be sometime in Nisan before that. Well, is there any date that's significant? Well, there is one date. And that one date is the date, it's Nisan 1. And the reason why that's significant is Nisan 1 is the true beginning of the sacred year. It's the real Jewish New Year. And we, we have an idea, you know, it said that uh, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, is the New Year. No, it's not. Biblically, there's only one. God says this is the beginning. So what, first of all, what more perfect Hebrew in a sense, holy day that he'd be born on would be the beginning. It's the beginning of the beginning. More of my conversation with Jonathan Kahn when this special Christmas edition of Conspiracy Unlimited returns. CBD oil seems to be all the rage, but it's important to learn the difference and know the background of something that isn't new, but in fact, very, very old. Did you know that the hemp plant which CBD is extracted from has been around for over 10,000 years? And this is probably a conservative figure. Ancient Life Oil is a trusted name for high-quality CBD that can help you reach your ideal well-being. I take an eyedropper full of Ancient Life CBD oil every morning. And one of the things I've noticed and the people around me have noticed is that I'm far less anxious, less stressed, more relaxed and that's a great feeling. It also leaves me more focused. And I even find that after exercising, I recover from muscle soreness much quicker. 
Ancient Life Oil. It's big relief in a little bottle, and they have products for your pets as well. Ancient Life CBD oil has no psychoactive effect, and it won't get you high. And this product is legal in all 50 states. When you're healthy, you're happy. And the truth about this wonderful plant is that it wants to give back to mankind. Life, longevity, and happiness. Ancient Life Oil from ancientlifeoil.com. through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Jonathan Kahn is here. Uh, you were talking earlier about Nissan 1, that this is the most likely date of Christ's birth. What else can you tell us about Nissan 1? The interesting thing about Messiah's birth is that it has this this quality or this this effect that it changes history. It changes the calendar. I mean, this is where we get you know we get our calendar gets divided by his birth. You know, and it, it's interesting that you know there's this one day on the sacred calendar of God that also does that same thing, divides the calendar, and that's Nisan one. It starts the new year. Right. And, that, and it's interesting that you know one, one of the things that happened with the early church is that unfortunately is they divorced. The roots, you know, the Jewish roots, and it, and it kind of Romanized it. So they took the, you know, the Jewish context and put it in a Roman context. Well, interesting because today, you know, we sell it. They, they they chose December twenty fifth, which is linked to New Year's, which again in the in the Roman calendar it has the same quality as in the in the Hebrew calendar. It would be Nisan one. That's the New Year day. But then there's even more. I mean, there's possibly a conspiracy here too because. There, there's a, in the ancient church records, the church fathers, there's a, one church father called Hippolytus, and he's often cited as the one who came up with December 25th. Saturnalia. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly, Richard. I mean, that, of course, it was a, a pagan thing, and they appropriated it, but then they came up with, you know, justification for it. Yeah, the, church, the early church did that a lot. I mean, it made sense to, in a certain extent, if you, you yeah. want to co-op that, bring these new people into the fold, you take over their pagan holiday, and exactly. voila. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it's not good history, you know, but it's exactly so. And so, the thing is that they say that he's the one who had the earliest uh, sighting of December 25th, but actually... What they, they found in, in the, the, the work that he has, it seems like his work has been doctored up. And from the, there's a, a work from the 3rd century or 200s and be, called De Pashka Computis, which is, it, which is universally seen as based on the lost work of Hippolytus. And it says in it, Hippolytus says that Messiah is born in the springtime linked to the Hebrew month of Nissan, which is the same thing again, Nissan one. Right. And then in the Lateran Museum in Rome, you know, there's an ancient statue of Hippolytus, which was they say they think it was probably probably done soon after his death. And on it, it says in Latin, it says Genesis Jesus Christus, or the birth of Jesus, the Messiah. Right. And carved into the statue is the time which correlates with the spring, the Hebrew month of Nisan. So we don't know if this has been suppressed or what, but it's even there in the early church uh, church documents. But here's, now here's another thing, I mean, and this is really cool, and, and there's a lot. I mean, there's things, we won't have time, but things from the Dead Sea Scrolls and so much of but. Here's something right here that you know. One of the things in in the Gospel of John, it says in, it says 
The Word was with God in the beginning. The Word was God. Then it says the Word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us. Well, that's the incarnation. So, right. Now, the, the, or some translations say the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Well, the Greek word there for dwelt or tabernacle is the word is the word skenoro. Now, now that's the same word that's used in the New Testament to speak of the tabernacle. And now, now, in other words, the incarnation of the of Jesus in the New Testament is linked to the tabernacle. And as the word became flesh and set up a tab- or set up a tent. In other words, when he took a body, he's like putting up a he's setting up a tent. It's temporary. He comes into the tent. Right, well, right. the the amazing thing is in the Old Testament there is the the beginning of this where it is actually the the origin of this where it is a picture. It's the only picture in the Bible that has this where where it says God actually set up a tent in the wilderness it was called the tabernacle and that tabernacle when you put it into greek becomes that same word that's linked to when it says the word became flesh or talking about the incarnation so what do we know about the tabernacle could it have a clue when god set up a tabernacle among his people in the wilderness it was called the tent of meeting where the glory of god actually dwelt with israel in this tent could it have a clue well the amazing thing is it does i mean an amazing so First of all, the the tabernacle was was built. It took nine months to build it, which is the same the same period of time of a human pregnancy. Number one, that you have that right there, and it begins right at Mount Sinai when you know when when Israel, in a sense, enters a covenant with God, which right. is a marriage. So now you have you have this this nine months coming coming together of this tabernacle, and remember. This is the this is the key in John of the incarnation. Well, when was it finished? Well, the Bible gives the exact date of when it was finished, which would correspond to the birth. When this thing is the conception, from conception at Sinai to the finishing of the tabernacle of God. Well, it gives the the date. Now, what is the date? The answer is you know is in Exodus forty and verse one and two. It says, "You shall raise up the." tabernacle of the congregation you will put in there the ark that's in it that's where the presence of god was right and here it says in hebrew the yom hakodesh harishon be'echad lakodesh translation you will do this in the first month of the year on the first day of that month nisan. what is the what is the first month it's nisan what is the first day nisan one wow. so it's really it's even in there the wow. tabernacle the picture that the bible gives of god tabernacling on earth is the gives the exact date as nisan one and you know it's amazing because not only that and we can't go into all the detail now but but even the priestly calendar and the dead sea scrolls point to the same date of Nissan one there's even even astronomy the appearance you know we talk about what would have happened in the east that the magi who were astronom- astrologers or astronomers back then that's what it was they were persian right they were yeah, zoroastrians persian, the persian zoroastrian caste of right. the priests who studied the stars all the time you know back then you didn't really have astronomers they were all astrologers because they looked for signs in the stars but right. but they you know they're looking at it. well what would have caused them and there's a whole thing we can go to you know the god willing in no time but but there was an, the occurrence where all these things line up in the east that they would have linked to Israel, and, it, and it's linked to you know what they had certain parts of certain planets they believe were linked to Israel. Certain
certain certain things meant a king or a star, and so put it all together. It, the event happens on Nissan One, uh-huh. you, know, I mean, you know, on six BC Nissan One. And by the way, you know, you know, we think what we say. Well, that's kind of strange. We're talking about six BC. Well, the thing is, we know the calendar is wrong on that. Jesus you know, was yes. not born in the year one because Herod the Great was dead by uh, the year one. Yeah, yeah, he was dead, exactly. He was dead in 4 B.C., and it says that, we know that from Josephus, and it says in the same, in that same thing, it says that Herod ordered the, the death of all the children in Bethlehem who were according to the, the appearance of the star, what the Magi told him, and so he, he ordered the death of all of them two years old and up. So he got 4 B.C., and two years old and up, well, what does that mean? Well, it goes back to 6 B.C. Well, when you put all these things together, not only the priestly calendar, um, also the, again, the this astron- astronomical calendar, all these things point to Nissan, not, not only the year, not only the year, but Nissan won the exact date. I mean, you know, there, and, and really there is That's so remarkable. much remarkable. to this and pointing to it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just give a, a one little other mystery here with that, and that is, it, I call it the mystery of the Goel. And in the Bible, this mystery is this. There's a law that God gave to Israel that if a, uh, a a mother, you know, uh, you know, or actually a wife cannot bear children and her husband dies, then the 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 nearest relative could be a brother can redeem in a sense the line of the brother by marrying the widow and raising up children. And so that the person is called the goel, which means the redeemer, but specifically a redeemer who intervenes in the line. Now, the interesting thing is, in the Bible, there's this mystery about the Goel, and that is that you keep seeing this intervening or intervention into one particular line or, li- or lineage in Israel, and that's the line of Judah. In the time of Judah, the very first, the one who started the line, you have this, this, this Goel redemption takes place, there's an intervention. Later on, in the book of Ruth, Ruth, Boaz, this famous story of Boaz and Ruth, he marries Ruth, she's the widow, and becomes the Goel of Ruth, and he's also the line of Judah, and by the way, their baby is born in Bethlehem. It's like a growing mystery. Well, the final mystery of the Goel is that God himself is going to become the Goel, and he's going to intervene in the line of man, and it's going to be in the line of Judah, same line. It's going to be in Israel. He's going to come upon them, and, and come upon Mary, and so you have this this gigantic Goel redemption, like God marrying earth and marrying us and becoming one with us, you know, and from this is born Jesus or Yeshua in Bethlehem. Well, the time that Ruth would have conceived, when you look at the book of Ruth, when this Goel redemption would have taken place, would lead the birth of her son to the time of Nisan. In other words, the time of this Goel redemption is, is about, is nine months before Nisan, which is when it would have happened to Mary for it to be Nisan 1. So this is just another, another, you know, every single piece lines up to this exact time. And you can even trace it out by, you know, one thing we know is that we know that, the, that John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, and we know that his father was in the temple as a priest um, under a certain, you know, receiving this revelation. Well, we know there's actually an ancient priestly calendar that we can tell when this would have happened. And there's only, there's only two times of the year he could have been in that temple, and one of those times leads the birth of Messiah being, again, Nissan 1.
wow, this is pretty well, this seems like it's nailed shut. I mean, there, how is this being received? How, when you deliver this message to, uh, to pastors and parishioners and so forth, how did, is there resistance to this? I mean, what's, I mean, what's the big deal? Why can't we just acknowledge that Jesus was born April, uh, or Nissan 1, uh, 6 BC? Well, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I think mo- the, the, the reaction, Richard, mostly is, wow, you know, like, wow, and like I knew, most people, as you said at the beginning, know it cannot be December 25th, and so, you know, there's very, there's only certain times it could be, and even mo- even really most historians will say, you know, just, just based on the, the one thing about the lamb, the lambing season and the shepherds, right away it's got to be around that time. But most people are pretty, you know, like, whoa, you know, hey, yeah, you know, and, and really, listen, let me look at it, look at the time. It's the time of the beginning, what, springtime, what a perfect, it's just the time of new beginnings, it's the beginning of the beginning. It's even, in Hebrew, God called the month the beginning. I mean, so, I mean it's kind of like, in some ways, it's pretty obvious, you know, but most people, I think, unless you're so committed to December 25th, or you're so committed, you know, to giving gifts, and, you know, and that I, it's really, you know, hey, what a cool thing, you know, I mean, because it, it, it works, it fits, and God is perfect, I mean, he, he doesn't do anything sloppy, you know. No, I mean, the symmetry, the symmetry in the biblical narrative is astounding, despite the fact that we're talking about, what, 66 books written over, you yeah. know, 3,000 years or whatever it is, I mean, it just, it just fits together like a glove. Oh yeah, and, and that's what, listen, I was originally an atheist, and so you know what what changed me is exactly what you're saying is there was just nothing, nothing like the Bible, no book with the consistency, with the authority, and with prophecy that was coming true, that is coming true. I mean, that's what got me in the whole thing. God is so perfect, and you know every every moment of His life or every big event happens according to the Hebrew prophetic calendar. In fact, we haven't gone into it, but the other part of that mystery that is that God has set up the whole age according to a, the Hebrew calendar, and so the beginning of the Hebrew calendar is, these, is the springtime, and that's when the first coming, every, all these things take place. But the, the other part of the Hebrew calendar is the autumn when you have the Feast of Trumpets, and you have all these, all these feasts that all speak about the end times, and that's why, you know, there are many believers, and I believe they're absolutely right, and that, that, that the second coming is geared to the autumn feast, trumpets, the day of the Lord, and tabernacles. So there's a whole, a whole mystery that would begin the first day of that Hebrew calendar is the Psalm 1. Uh, we don't have time. Have we touched on the Mishkan clue? Well, the Mishkan, oh, <laughs> you know, it's my, I didn't say what it was. The, the tabernacle is the, called uh, in Hebrew the Mishkan. Uh, that's the Mishkan, so the Mishkan clue. Mishkan, right. The Mishkan, I mean, in that, and by the way, I already, you know, saw all these things like narrowing down and everything pointing to Nissan 1, and I had no idea at that moment that that, that was already laid out by the tabernacle, which is the absolute uh, foreshadow of the incarnation. It's the strongest one, and it actually gives a date. I didn't even know that when everything else led to it. So that was almost like icing on the cake. Jonathan Kahn. Well, I hope you enjoyed my little Christmas special. Now, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a flash with a few words about an upcoming episode. My free monthly newsletter yet? The Inner Sanctum is jam-packed with news and information, and it's delivered free to your email inbox once a month. All you need to do is register your name and email address at my website, strangeplanet.ca. 
The Inner Sanctum contains a spotlight on previous guests from my weekly radio program and this podcast. There's my podcast pick of the month, a book club, a This Month in Conspiracy History section, and more. The Inner Sanctum is yours, absolutely free. Again, all you need to do is register at strangeplanet.ca. And once you've registered, your name automatically goes into a monthly draw for great Strange Planet gear for my Strange Planet shop. Register right now at strangeplanet.ca. Coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited, the idea of time travel has tantalized humans for millennia. We can send humans into space, but roaming through time has eluded us. Do the laws of physics demand that we stay forever trapped in the present? Author-researcher Marie Jones takes us on a journey through portals, relativity, wormholes, and other adventures in time travel. Maybe this really was happening. Maybe DARPA really did have some research going into what they called quantum tunneling and time warp fields and and wormholes, because certainly these theories have been around for a long time. And we all know that there's research going on that we're not made privy to. So maybe there's something to it. But then you hear something like, you know, Barack Obama went to Mars, and it just, to me, blows all credibility. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. Merry Christmas, and so long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.